Thank you all. Thank you, Kevin and Jill and Penny, Nikki and orchestra and choir. Man, uh, what a uh, body of folks leading us to, to worship God, to, to celebrate what we know is good and true. So thank you uh, for um, leading us this, this morning. Um, uh, my name is Drew Smith, uh, pastor here, and I want to introduce to you another friend that we'll have opportunity to hear from uh, later this afternoon um, or after the second service. But uh, Reverend Chenapin, if you'd come up uh, for a moment, just wanted to introduce uh, you to um, uh, him, or actually reintroduce. Uh, you've, you've met um, met him uh, at least three times yeah. now um, uh, because when I first got here in the first couple months. Uh, uh, called him uh, Dr. C then because um, uh, it was just easier than saying Chinapin. Um, I had to practice that a long time, but Dr. C. And uh, he's been a part of uh, really an example of what we've been talking about this series of how uh, as we give um, from uh, what God has given to us and it multiplies and multiplies. And uh, Dr. C and Torchbearers Fellowship in India has received gifts a number of years from our foundation trust, uh, which is um, the money that's set aside to give to Ministries outside of our walls. And so I asked him, just come share us one story about how that giving has multiplied in, in India. So uh, I have come to this church in 2007. That's the first time I came. Uh, this church sponsored me to come to EMI and get my education. Uh, and since then, I have a lot of good experiences uh, which I would like to share. But due to the time, uh, uh, you know, constraint, uh, I'm going to share only one story which happened very recently. You know, in 2019, uh, we, the whole world experienced the pandemic. Uh, I was just wondering, uh, right after the India Indian government announced the lockdown, what I'm going to do? Because I'm a busy man. Throughout the month, I will be traveling. Almost 25 days, I am on the wheel. But uh, when they asked me to sit at home, I did not know what to do. So I just appealed uh, to uh, our uh, College Hill Presbyterian Church that whether I can build a small Zoom room where I can communicate with my people. So I just wrote and uh, they sanctioned a good sum of money. So I just built a small Zoom room. Uh, so that is the first, even the uh, spelling I did not know, is that O-O-M, until the month of uh, May. Uh, just I called and uh, uh, from the month of March, uh, I begin to do some ministry. Uh, in fact, the basically, uh, in Indian community, in the, in the families, all the members in the family may not be the members of the church. Some of them, uh, you know, only one or two people, uh, rest of the members will be uh, Hindu or uh, whatever the other religion they follow. So what happened? Every morning, I just call the people through Zoom. In India, of course, uh, they all have Android phone. They can uh, get the message. So I just shared short messages to them. In fact, I started sh- sharing Bible stories. Uh, the Bible stories, you know, uh, throughout the day, people are idle. They don't have any other work. They sit at home. They talk some unnecessary things. But when I shared the story, the believers of the family, they started sharing the story to the members of the family. Just sitting at home. And that was happening 
every day almost. So three, four months gone. Then at last the government released the lockdown. Lo and behold, I'm hearing news from all over my state. Sir, please come in my family. Two people accepted Jesus Christ. Three people accepted Jesus Christ. So I had uh, my students all over uh, in Tamil Nadu, Kerala, Karnataka, Andhra Pradesh. So all of them called me. I just rushed and uh, we baptized 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. At one stretch, I praise God for the opportunity that College Hill Presbyterian Church extended for me to serve to the people of the country. And today they all are believers of the church. God bless you. Thank you so much for the prayer. Thank you so much for the support. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Dr. C. So just another simple way that God took what was um, horrific in a pandemic and then through uh, the generosity and the giving of the the church then uh, allowed from a simple Zoom room to share the good news uh, all over um, uh, parts of India. And uh, so we celebrate with you. Um, thank you uh, for being with us. And again, uh, he'll be after the second service in the fireside room for missions lunch. If you want to uh, talk with him and hear more. Now, um, now, the, the, now we're in, we've spent the time talking about money. So you, you're good on that one. Uh, but today, uh, and yet last Sunday and this uh, Sunday, we're talking about time. Uh, that we, we recognize that um, we want to live by God's design. Uh, money is one of the things that God gives us. Time is also what one of the things that God gives us. And um, so I did a little bit of uh, research, which means I googled it, um, and found that the U.S. Bureau for Labor Statistics does an annual American time survey. They see how, through the ways they do surveys, how do the average Americans spend their time? I, I, I tell you, it's a really interesting site. I mean, you, it's a rabbit hole. You can go down there because they break it down by gender. They break it down by age um, with all different kind of, of things. Now, the uh, and, and they have like 12 different categories, and it's for Americans 15 years and older. So I want you to begin to think now. What, what do you think would be the the top five categories, and what what order would they be in? This is for the average American. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the top five, not in order, but I want you to put it in in order. The the, the top five are uh, um, it's glad I brought these notes here with me. Yeah, memory is uh, is going. Uh, the top five are here we go now. Working and work related activities, household activities, personal care including sleep, leisure and sports, and eating and drinking. Those are the top five. Okay, leisure and sports, working. Eating, drinking, household activities, personal care, and sleep. I'm not going to ask you to say out loud, but just think for yourself. Yeah, what do you think's number one? If you think about it, it's probably pretty easy to figure out. 
that that is sleep, personal care and sleep. Uh, almost 10 hours. So, Jim, you're not far. You're just a little above average because Jim shared with me how much he spends time. Of course, he said it takes him about 10 hours to get six hours of sleep or something like that. Uh, but, but so that, that's that's number one. What do you think is number two? Yeah, this is a little tricky, a little tricky. It's actually leisure and sports for the average American. It's leisure and sports. Uh, I saw some of you think work was works actually third. Now, the, the issue there is it's because less than half, less than 50 percent of Americans work from 15 years old to the end. Only 43 American, 43 percent of Americans actually work, spend time working because either they're not working yet or they're they're done. Or they're unable. Then then um, uh, comes uh, household activities and then eating and drinking. But it's interesting to, to consider that that's what the average American uh, does. Put up that first chart, I think. I'm not sure if you can. Yeah, you really can't see it. But this gives you a little bit of a... You can see the biggest line. That That's sleep and personal care. And then you see the second line to, towards the bottom there. That's leisure sports, and then work, there's the third. So you can see those three actually are way above the, the others. So why, why look at this? Why consider this? Again, you can go look at the, the details and break it down in all different kinds of ways. Um, but I want us to see this because this is really important. How do we use our time? That's what our passage says today. We looked at last Sunday. I mean, we got to be aware. How do we spend the time that God has given to us? And this is a little bit uh, eye-opening when we consider that. And as we look at this passage, not only we'll say we need to do that, but give us a little bit of guidance as to how. What, what, what we need to do, what kind of grid do we need to have as we consider how we're spending our time? Now, first first passage is in the uh, book of Ephesians and chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Uh, Almighty God, we give you thanks for your written word speaks to us of your truth, your, your character, your, your desires, your will. So speak to us in this time. Give us ears to hear, a heart to receive. May your spirit indeed fill us so that we receive your good news. And then apply it in our lives. So that we are living according to the design. Maximizing the gifts you've given us for your glory. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5 starting with verse 15 through verse 20. Hear the word of the Lord. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
So the, the first thing that he says here, hey, look carefully, examine, evaluate how you spend your time. Evaluate it. Take a good look at it. I mean, because we've got all kinds of forces and voices and different messages that we hear telling us, begging us for our time. I mean, everybody wants a piece of our time. And if you just turn on the, the radio, watch the television, just wherever you are, you come to church. Hey, here's all kinds of things that you can do. All kinds of ways to spend your time. And what um, Paul wants to tell us is, hey, you got to be careful here because the days are evil. The days are, are evil. There, there will be evil influences trying to get your attention. Now, this is not, I think an application obviously is not what Paul was thinking. But I, we have to recognize it's a wonderful gift to live in a capitalist society. But you got to understand Almost every message you hear doesn't care about you. They just want you to buy what they're selling. You gotta understand that. That's, that's the, the, the impersonal messages that we hear in the myriad of ways that we can hear it on every screen, on, on every um, sound. That's what they're about. Reed Hastings is the CEO of Netflix. Now, Netflix is a streaming mechanism, a way people watch television these days, for some of you that maybe don't know that. It's actually the largest way that streaming content is provided. Larger than Hulu, larger than Amazon, larger than Disney. Netflix is the one that provides the most. Now, Reed Hastings was saying, uh, there was in a conversation and said, who's your greatest competition? Not Amazon, not Hulu, not the Bible. Sleep. That's what he said. Sleep is our greatest competition. Now, I don't know Reed Hastings, and he, I enjoy Netflix myself, actually. But he's not out for me. He's out to get me to watch him more and more, even if it's to my detriment. Because sleep is actually one of the things that most Physicians will tell you is the thing that we're depleted on more and more than anything else when it comes to our health. But that's a whole nother sermon. Sleep and rest. But he, he's not after me. He's, he is in a system that says what's important is to sell what I sell. And, and that's a lot of the messages that we will get. Whereas God, he's not selling anything. He's loving a people and saying, come to me. I will truly give you rest. I will lead you to life. I will lead you to what is full and purposeful for every second for which I've created you. Now, we all have a limited amount of time. Recognize that. We all have the same limits. 168 hours in a week. You know, we all have that same limit. Now, and then how we fill that, that time is, is very different and unique depending on stage in life and all of that kind of things. Uh, so e- each one of us have a different way that we need to evaluate our commitments and understand our needs. You know, things like sleep and eating and exercise and personal hygiene, responsibilities at work, at school, responsibilities at home with friends, commitments. In spending time with the Lord and with God's people. 
You know, how do we divvy up that time? Now, the second thing that, that, that Paul then tells us in, in verse 17 is now we want to spend time. What is our desire? We want to spend time according to God's desires. Not according to the desires of all the other messages that we get and all the messages that are around us. We want to be sure that we're spending time according to God's desires because that's what leads to life. He's the one that we know loves us. Who has absolutely our best interests at heart. And, and Paul uses rather bold language here. Clear language. Don't be foolish. Don't be unwise. Be wise by knowing God's will. By knowing God's desire. Understand what the will of the Lord is. That makes sense, doesn't it? To, to know God's desires because what God says is best. And God has proven that. He's proven that to us. He sent His only Son to die for us so that we might live with Him and live with Him forever. But how do we then know God's desires? We spend time with Him. We're not going to know God's desires just out of a vacuum. We have to intentionally spend time with God. And as we get to know God and grow in love with God and we learn from Him, then we know what God's desires are. And as we fall in love with Him, deeper in love with Him, then His desires even start to become our desires. We're not spending time. We're not looking at our time. Say, how do we spend time with God? How do we really get to know God in order to check it off a box? We're doing it so that we know God, the creator, and that his desires become our desires. I'm, uh, we're leaving this afternoon for a camping trip for this coming week. And uh, it's a, a gift of love that my wife is going with me. And it's because she spent 36, 36 years with me. And she knows what I love. And some of her desires have even become uh, what I desire. And as far as I know, it's not a quid pro quo. It's not a, all right, I went on this with you, now you gotta do this with me. We'll see. And we'll see how this works. Uh, next, next Sunday. But it's one where in our time together, love for each other has even formed her desires to desire what I desire. I'll tell you when it, that happens reverse, but some of us are more loving than others in our relationships. But as we spend time with God, and we, we experience His love and grow in His love, then His desires become our desires. That's the beauty of resting in God. That's the beauty of Sabbath. That's what God has set aside. One of the Ten Commandments that He set aside for His people. Spend time with resting in God. Spend time resting in me. That's what we have to be sure we're setting aside. The purpose of having a time audit. Putting aside, setting up how we're spending our time is so that we find where's the time that we are regularly spending with God, our Creator. 
Now, this is what God has, has set aside to spend time resting in Him uh, in, in the Sabbath. Uh, Deuteronomy 5, 12-15, one of those passages that, that brings that up. It, it happens in a number of different settings in the uh, uh, Old, Old Testament, in the Hebrew Scriptures. Genesis, he said, the very creation, he says it. And also in Exodus and Leviticus and in Deuteronomy. Uh, I want to read just the one from uh, Deuteronomy where... Moses is setting out again the Ten Commandments. Verse verse 12 of Deuteronomy 5. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant, your ox, your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who's within your gates that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Again, God has set set aside for his people. Hey, take this one day, one-seventh of your time. Set it aside and rest in me. Now, in those days, they didn't have leisure time. I mean, you had to work the field in order to eat that week. You had to be setting it up, harvesting, preparing it for harvest. You you had to work. So to take one day and say you weren't going to work, you weren't going to go work in the field, you weren't going to milk the cows, you weren't going to do any of that kind of work, it took effort to, to make, and discipline to make that time real. Because this, this, your thought is, the gut is, right? That's my livelihood. That field is my livelihood. Those animals are my livelihood. I'm going to neglect them. I'm going to neglect my livelihood. And God's saying, right, exactly. You have to be corrected of that incorrect notion. For God is our livelihood. All the other things that we do, they they are second to God. They are not our lives. God is. So we take this set. That's why he had them set this time apart. Now. The New Testament, um, it actually uh, expands this notion of Sabbath um, and, and changes it to where, in actuality, Jesus completes the law. So we no longer do that. We, we don't even meet on the Sabbath. I mean, the Sabbath was yesterday. This is the day of the resurrection. The uh, Sabbath was yesterday. We meet on the day of the resurrection. So Jesus has fulfilled that. And in Romans 14, 5 and Colossians 2, uh, we hear this specifically. 14, 5. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. And, and Paul's talking about the, the Sabbath. He's talking about some of the, the rituals. He goes, some people still follow them. Great. Some people don't. That's great. But be intentional. Which are you going to do? Don't just let it happen. Be intentional. How, what What is the way that you're going to spend time with the, the Lord? And then Colossians 2, 6, 16 and 17. Therefore... Let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Again, 
What's the substance? Are we walking with Jesus? Are we falling deeper in love with Jesus? Are we spending time with him? Are we setting aside time to do it? Now, for everyone that's here and online, hey, this counts. This counts as part of uh, practicing Sabbath. This counts about coming together with God's people to engage with God. So well done. Way to go. You, you can count this as, as part of your hours of, of, of Sabbath. But again, the point isn't to check off a box. It's to engage with Jesus, to know him, to fall deeper in love with him, to hear his truth spoken to us, to bring about continued transformation in our our lives. Now, um, I want us to, to think then for a minute. This is, this is just me really going a little beyond the scriptures based on it. But here's my thought. Now, you can do with it, you know, what you want. But I figure it's one-seventh of a, of a week uh, is what um, God said for his people. All right, well, let's, let's take that one-seventh. That's 24 hours. 24 hours of the 168. According to the chart that we looked at, for the most part, the average times in terms of eating and drinking, personal care and all those things. And I rounded up a little bit because, hey, we're all about grace. It's about 14 hours. 14 hours a day sort of set aside for that. So what if we make our goal 10 hours? 10 hours a week. 10 hours a week spending time. Again, this counts. Spending time with God, with God's people in, in prayer, Bible study, devotional reading, or, or do it, doing other things that, that we're resting in God. But it, its point is to be with God. And for some folks, for me, some of my Sabbath, I enjoy cooking. So on the Sabbath, it, it's, it's restful for me in God to experience God in that, in that time. Hiking the same way. But there, there's different ways, but it, our focus is really in those 10 hours a week. Now, let, lest you say, I know that that's, that's a lot, that's a lot of time. Um, but again, I draw you back to that chart, you know, that, that, at least for the average American, uh, we, we spend five hours a day in leisure and sports, according to this. And of that, of that five hours, for, again, average American, three and a half of those hours are watching TV. And that's a day. Now, I know all of you are above average. So that doesn't apply. But for the rest of the world, it does. Rest of Americans, it does. But that just tells me, hmm, if we take a look at our time, there, there may be some ways we can... Cut back on some of those things in order to say, am I spending time with Jesus? Because I want to go back to Paul's words at the beginning. It's foolish not to. It's foolish. It is unwise. It is arrogant. On our part. To think that we within us have the ability to navigate the evil of these days without regularly hanging out with Jesus. Now again, that different times, different places. Uh, for for those of you, you, know, you go look at the charts. You can see how people's time changes uh, according to the when they have children and don't have children. Yeah, amen. I heard an amen over there from a child. 
So understand the, the reality or financially, there's sometimes where you're, you're having to work two jobs to, just to make ends meet. And, and, and that's, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours of your 168. So understand those realities. And so does God. He understands it better than I do. But take a look best that you can. What's, what's the way to engage with God in your time? For, for me, this COVID really was a disruptor. And it was COVID that said, I need to get back to taking a Sabbath. So now Thursday is my Sabbath. It's not my day off. It's my Sabbath. It's also my day off. But it's one where I just hang out with with God. And I'll take three, four hours on the side porch, journaling, reading Bible, praying, reading devotional literature. And, you know, and then I'll, I'll come in at uh, middle of the afternoon and then just tell Kathy all the things that I learned and experienced in, in that time. Um, uh, it's funny, she's often gone uh, at that time. And, and, but then, um, often we will go on a hike in that afternoon. But just to be in rest. If you email me on Thursday, probably won't respond. If you call me, I might listen to your message, maybe not. Just sort of depending on how the Spirit's moving on Thursday. And I've found that to be very life-giving. Uh, now again, I'm in a season of life, you know, empty nest. And so that's very different. Uh, than many, but uh, the last uh, um, one, one last thing, and knowing the average age in this room, guess which age bracket, according to the survey, spent the most time in leisure and sports. Don't say it out loud, because I'm sure many would say ah, it's probably video games, and it's probably the youngest age bracket. You're wrong. It's the oldest. 74 and above spend more time watching TV leisure than any other age bracket. Now, the 15 to 24 year olds came in second, but that was a surprise to me and thought, huh, it's a good idea to do this kind of time budget, this time audit to see how are we spending time with God. Now, again, The point, the point is to rest in the Lord, to grow in love for God, to receive God's affection towards you and understand God's desires for you. That's that's the point. Rest in the Lord, grow in him. And that's what is wise for our lives. So my challenge, challenge to you is uh, to take the time to look at your time. Uh, we can go www.chpc.org slash time. And there's a little, another little uh, form you can fill out. You can download and fill out. Just gives you some different ideas of how you spend your, your time so that we will be wise. So that we will grow in our knowledge and love of God. And that even through that time, God will even impact our desires so that they even become more and more according to him and that we're even empowered and equipped 
to filter the messages that are all around us, pulling for our time and energy. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Take just a few, 30 seconds of silence just to reflect, and then we'll pray. Almighty God, we do give you praise and thanks that indeed you have demonstrated your love and care for us, your patience. You are indeed slow to anger, quick to forgive, and filled with steadfast love. You are good. And we offer ourselves to you uh, that you would continue to change us, transform us, continue to build our understanding, give us the capacity to to know the the fullness of your love and the brilliance of your wisdom and the the life-giving truth of your guidance and direction Uh, so that we might be a people that are characterized by your will, your desires, your goodness, Uh, to, to honor and please you and to be a witness ourselves to you for your your purposes and we thank you that we can come before you and lay down the needs that are on our hearts and minds lord we we pray for our world we continue to lift up to you the 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 church in ukraine and in russia in palestine and in israel we pray for those that are the following you that they would be a witness to your love and grace your truth and we, we pray for the, the, the government leaders in each of those places, those that are in positions of power, that, that you would lead and guide them into the truth. And that those that seek to do harm, that do evil, you would oppose. That you would bring about justice. You would bring about peace. For, for Lord, we... We are in over our heads. We have no clue. And it can seem hopeless. Uh, so, But we know we bring it to you and we know that you are our hope and strength. And we lift up as well those in our midst in need of your healing hand. We pray your peace, your healing upon them. We pray for Sharif Funes. We, we pray for um, Janet Bennett. We thank you for the faith that's within them. Continue to strengthen them and heal them in your might and power. And others, Lord, other needs that are on our hearts. You hear the cries of our heart. We lay them before you. Lift all these up to you in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.